Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hi, everybody. I'm Cassidy, one of your Indianapolis Colts cheerleaders, and you're watching the Believe in Colts podcast. What's going on, Colts Nation? I'm Lawrence Owen. With me, as usual, is Gerard Powers. We're back with Believe in Colts. Gerard, how are you doing this uh, Monday morning? Doing good, man. Ready to start the week off. Doing great. How about yourself? I'm I'm doing. Uh, had a lot of good football over the weekend. A lot of interesting things that came up, and we're going to get into that, especially the Colts versus Lions. We're also going to talk a little bit about uh, cut blocks and and um, the opinions that are kind of rolling around, not just through the NF, uh, not just through you know social media, obviously, but you know uh, through the NFL, you know, players and coaches, and and, and how we think about these things. And but before we get started with that. I just want to say that I apologize. Last the last broadcast was supposed to be one of the believe shirts that we were going to give away. I've got I've got it right here. Uh, we're going to go ahead and give that away right now. The heck with it early on. Uh, but you're going to have to stay for the word or phrase to get in on the next one. But we're going to give this away today. Um, the word phrase name that was on that you were supposed to put in was gerard powers 12 people put that in uh the comment section showed gerard uh give me a number between one and 12 uh seven seven that's awesome one two three four five six seven that is sean davis ladies and gentlemen congratulations sean davis uh for getting a believe shirt signed by a whole bunch of Colts players, some coaches, Matt Taylor, things of that nature. Uh, hit me back in this video. I will have a pinned tweet uh, for you to reply to, and we will get together, and I can get a shipping address from you. But congratulations. And now let's talk about betting. Uh <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today, or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. 
Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's bleav five O to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Well, Gerard, this past Saturday at 1 o'clock, we had an interesting game against the Detroit Lions. Uh, just kind of overall, what was your, your thought process uh, as you was watching this game? Uh, I mean, well, knowing that the starters wasn't going to play and it was going to be more of the reserve guys, uh, I mean, you knew it was going to be some mistakes out there. You knew it was going to be groups of guys that probably uh, haven't been with certain, uh, I guess, groups as far as rotation, ones, twos, threes, and all that, so new faces. Um, I thought it was good. I thought uh, a couple players stood out. I mean, this is what you're kind of looking for in those games. You're looking for some young guys, role player type guys that kind of stand out and uh, do their thing, even though the statistics or the way the game is played might not look, you know, how you expect it to look. Uh, but, you know, it was a cute, it was a few players out there that uh, I, I felt like took advantage of the opportunity of getting those reps like they did. Absolutely. Now we're going to talk about a few of those players. Uh, I do want to kind of bring up a, a little worrisome part, in my opinion. And, um, you know, obviously, uh, you, you can uh, do all you want when it comes to disciplining me for saying, why are you breaking down preseason games? It's not important. But the run defense is a little bit worrisome for me. OK, I, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, and I'm I'm curious, do you think this is a talent? situation or a scheme situation with Gus Bradley uh wanting his defensive line to shoot gaps rather than than hold gaps mm, it's hard to, uh it's hard to say either uh, it looked like just misfits it looks it looks like you know players just not you know fitting how they supposed to fit or having mistakes uh which which will happen in preseason will happen a lot but uh I mean you look at some of the reports or you hear some of the stories coming out of camp, and it sounds like that's been kind of an issue uh, throughout camp. But, uh, I mean, it's still fixable. Still, you know, nothing is, you know, counting as we speak. You know, the season is still a few weeks away. Uh, but a little concerning, uh, you, you definitely, it don't matter what group in or, you know, who's playing the game, you definitely don't want to, you know, give up the run in any type of matter, whether it's practice or uh, or in a preseason game. So I'm a little concerned uh, when it comes to that a little bit. But uh, overall, I'm not that worried yet, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get you. And, and and again, that's where I'm sitting at. I'm kind of like, well, maybe this is more of a, a situation where, you know, uh, O-line or the D-line coach, Nate Ollie or, or Gus Bradley are just like, don't worry about filling your gaps and, and hit. I want to see what you could do in this situation when it comes to pressure wise or something like that. Oh, you know, no, 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 you no, don't no. think so? Me, these coaches don't do that. If you're supposed oh. to hit a certain gap, I mean, you got to think these guys are getting evaluated to do their job. So uh, it's not a coach out there telling a the player to just go out there and play you know, make plays or whatever, you know, whatever the, the the call is, whatever the stunt is, whatever the fit or the responsibility for each player. I mean, that's how they're getting evaluated. You know, they get every player get grade sheets, you know, after games, you know, that next day after you watch film to show you if you got a plus or a minus for each rep that you played. And, you know, if you got a bunch of minuses on your grade sheets, you, you're probably not going to make the team. So uh, it's it's definitely a situation where I think guys are just having mistakes within the scheme, just trying to understand what they have or what they got from a responsibility standpoint. But I wouldn't say it's a scheme problem uh, because everybody know a cover three style 
scheme, uh, you, you, you're pretty gap sound in, in the run defense just because you normally have about eight in the box. Okay, okay. Um, you, you, you said that uh, there were some guys that stood out for you. As a defensive back, uh, was there any guys in the secondary that stood out to you? Man, 25, Harvard. Uh, I just went blank dead on his name. Uh, safety. Was it? It was hard. The draft pick, sixth round. Um, oh crap! I just uh, went blank dead on his dang name. <laughs> <laughs> I was just dang watching him. But, I got you. I got you. I got uh, right here. Hold on. Uh, twenty-five. Rodney Thomas. Rodney Thomas. Yes. Uh, just seeing him flying around, open field tackles. Uh, seemed like to have a con like an, an idea on where he needs to be, but seeing him come out of the middle of the field where a couple of those runs sped out to where they're like guys are coming free untouched in the secondary, those are hard tackles to make. So watching him kind of fly around and uh, you know, make some, some tough tackles and some tough situations. Uh, I, I think he had himself a good game far as when you go back and watch the film from a coaching standpoint, effort plays and things like that. I thought he really stood out, especially in that first half. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, now, there was a lot of uh, praise when it come to a couple pass rushers uh, out there uh, with the Colts. Um, obviously, Dio Dangbo had, a, had himself a nice day. I can't um, say his name. I've been trying to say his name. I, I, how do you say the last name? How do you say it? Oh, dang, Bo. Oh, dang, Bo. Oh, yes, dang, Bo. but there is another guy that I have uh, an issue with a very similar name. Uh, I think it's Ode Nigbo, oh, okay. um, who is, you know, also a defensive end that the Colts picked up, right, this, this right. year. So, and both of them actually played pretty good, I think, this uh, past game against the Lions. And the Lions have a pretty stout offensive line when you look at it that way now obviously don't know about depth wise um mm -hmm. because this is these are these are your twos down basically that we saw this week right. um but I, I i liked what i saw from that when it came to the pass rush situations uh offensively who were some guys that stood out to you there I mean, I know every week we keep saying it, uh, you know, we're watching that wide receiver room. Though, so to see Patton and, and Strong and those guys, you know, make plays look effortlessly, uh, it's kind of cool. And But to see Ellinger, you know, just to see his continued uh, consecutive weeks of success while he's playing, uh, I mean, it just gives you a, a, a boost of confidence that you just see the development starting to happen with a few guys and, uh, you hopefully that it can just mix together with the first groups. But I think the wide receiver guys, uh, the people that's fighting for those last couple spots, I, I definitely think that they're making it hard on the coaches to decide, you know, you know, who's what. Okay. And so Michael Strawn, I just wanted to bring up the fact that Mike Strawn just came off of the pup list just a few days prior to the game and and was able to make an impact the way he made is that is that how impressive is that to come off of that situation not been able to practice but mm -hmm. two days prior and still make that kind of an impact for a young man like him i think it's very impressive uh especially because he hasn't you know gotten any live game reps in a while you know he's been dealing with an injury and uh, I think all season surgery or whatnot, trying to get back healthy and uh, just to see him go out there and look like nothing's wrong, look like everything is 100%. And uh, his size, man, I mean, he looked apart. You know, he looks like 
you know, one of those old school style big receivers, uh, you know, that can body guys. You know, it might not be the greatest route runner or it might not look like a speedster. But when you go out there and you're live against him, you know, that stride link, I mean, he, he really covers ground. So, uh, you know, to, to, to see him and uh, he looked healthy and he looks confident as well. I mean, it was, it was good to see. I would like to see him with the ones. I just like to see him in the mix with Matt Ryan and uh, that that one group just to see how he looks. Uh, so I'm gonna hold off, but I I, I want to say that he's gonna be a big big uh, deal for that wide receiver room. Uh, just from a style, size standpoint, I think he can really help out. Patman, uh, over 100 yards receiving, had that very interesting touchdown. Oh my goodness, where he. He caught the ball and then fell backwards and then flipped himself over and reached out for the touchdown. Had himself a game, um, looked pretty good. What what do you think about – do you think he's played himself into that in, into that 53-man roster? I think so, just off of his um, assurance. Just like last year he had a great preseason. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I think he showed that he's consistent with his work and I think they know what they can get out of him. Um, he just seemed like a guy that's going to take advantage of his opportunities. Uh, it seemed like every opportunity he had out there last week, he was just trying to make the most of it, whether it was an underneath catch, trying to get extra yards, whether it's down down the field catch, trying to score the touchdown. Just seems like he's trying to make the most of his opportunities. But uh, I think I think he's starting to show that he's a pretty consistent guy of, of somebody that you can rely on. And uh, I it's it's tricky, man. I don't. I want to say yeah. I want to say yeah. He's worked his way into that fifty-three man. But I mean, I guess it's a good problem to have when you got these young receivers starting to step up. And uh, like we said, it was the biggest question uh, going into the off season. You know, with that wide receiver room. You know, are we going to sign a vet? Are we going to bring this person in? Mm-hmm. Are we going to sign this person? And uh, just to see guys starting to step up to try to you know, take over some of these roles that's, uh, you know, that's been needed, I guess, in that room. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty cool to see. Absolutely. Especially, I mean, from the get-go, you know, Colts fans and national media have been screaming about, you know, hey, the Colts need to get a veteran receiver. They need to go out and sign a, a free agent. And and Ballard and Reich have been pounding the table all offseason. We like our talent that we have. They just need reps. You know, they don't have that experience uh but and right now as of last game it, to me it seems like they are showing that now obviously it's preseason game and you're playing against you know your threes fours five sixes they're still nfl players they're most of the a lot of those guys out there are going to be on nfl teams they're going to be nfl players so we have to remember that um that they're still some of the best players in the world right so, I mean, come on. Um, Sam Ellinger, you brought him up. Uh, there is, wow, a lot of blowing up on social media about Sam Ellinger needing to be the number two quarterback, right? <laughs> uh, I'm sure you've seen it. Um, now, look, in my opinion, this is my opinion of this. Does he look better than he did last year? Absolutely. Somehow, some way, I've seen him do something I very rarely ever see quarterbacks do, and that's increase their throwing power. All right. Uh, he, he really, to me, it looks like he increased his throwing power. Looks like uh, his experience 
a year in, in the NFL. Looks like his happy feet kind of uh, slowing down a little bit. The game looks like it might be slowing down a little bit for him. He's looking downfield when he's under pressure and scrambling rather than just taking off and trying to get yardage. Um, uh, not always taking the check down as well. He does look better, but I have to keep reminding myself where he's playing right now. I would like to see him up there uh, with some, you know, like you said, I, you're not going to see him with the ones, though, you know, because that's mm-hmm. that's where Matt Ryan's going to be. And if not him, probably Nick Foles. What, what are your thoughts on Ellinger and, and, and where we stand with him? I think uh, he's still a developing project. Mm-hmm. I, um, I don't think anybody within the organization is looking at him as the savior this year or next year or anything like that. But I do think it's people in the organization that that's behind him, that believes in him. And uh, I mean, it's a reason why you get drafted at a quarterback. You don't waste, you know, any draft pick on a quarterback that you don't think that can uh, potentially have some type of vital role in your system, which is either the starter or the main backup. And uh, right now, of course, I don't think he's ready to be uh, the number two guy uh, just because we've seen uh, over the past couple years, you know, if anything happened to your number one, your number two needs to be ready to win a game, needs to be ready to get get take the same team to the playoffs. It can't be a huge drop off. Um, And I I still think that Sam, even though we've seen the improvement and the uh, development, which is great to see. Um, you know, if you take Matt Ryan out and put Sam in, you're going to see a huge drop off. You take Matt Ryan out and put Nick Foles in. Yeah, it's a drop off, but Nick Foles has won big time games in the NFL, which you can you you go into the game confidently thinking that you can win with Nick Foles as well. Uh, with Sam, it's still a question mark. Not saying that he can't be that guy. Uh, I'm just not. I'm just saying that his opportunity for the number two guy. I don't think it's. I don't think he's ready for that. I think they're looking at him like each week this preseason. We need to see some progression. We need to see you get better. Uh, you will come back, be the scout team quarterback to go against this great defense. You know that we're gonna have all year, all year long. Your job is to try to eat these guys up day in, day out, and then before you know it, we're gonna be looking up two years from now, three years from now, saying like, damn, we got a good good backup quarterback or we got a good starting quarterback, just depending on what his ceiling is, what they think his ceiling is, and where he'll fit within the organization as far as his role. But uh, I love the progression. I mean, he looks great out there. Um, you know, hitting guys in stride, commanding the offense. He seems confident in every throw and every decision that he makes. So I think as a fan, you can't ask for no more than that as long as you just continue to see the improvement. So I'm take it that you are more than comfortable with using a roster spot on the 53 man to to make to to make sure you keep Ellinger. No question. Yes. Okay. Ellinger is safe. No question. Okay. Awesome. I was I was just curious because I remember last off season, you know they they thought they were going to do that with Eason and get him on the practice squad, and Seattle's like, or was it Seattle? Yeah, it was Seattle. I'm pretty sure right. it was like, no, 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 no. We're, we're, we're going to take him. And <laughs> Hey, you know what? He looked good this past weekend as well, you know? Uh, so grats on, on Jacob Eason. Um, let's talk about this upcoming game just a little bit. Frank Reich was talking about um, starting all the ones up to a half this upcoming weekend mm-hmm. uh, against the, the Buccaneers. Um, and it's a, it's a, a late 
Saturday game, I believe, like 7.30, I think it is, uh, Eastern Standard Time. And he said, you know, give or take how things are flowing, he wants to make sure that his 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 thought was we got to start off strong. We want to make sure uh, everybody's, you know, in sync and, and, and stuff like that. What are your thoughts on on playing the starters for an entire half on the third preseason game? Initially, I was thinking that the starters weren't going to play at all, just thinking it's the last preseason game. But you do get a bye or extra days um, after the preseason, and you don't want the starters to have two weeks in a row of not getting any live game reps, even though we had the joint practice with the Lions where, you know, they got some great reps going ones-on-ones with a different team. It is different on game day, going through your routine, going through the progressions of everything, waking up in the morning, getting ready, you know, just all the little nuances that go into game day, getting the live reps, getting ready. You want your guys to have their routine all down, set, ready to go. Uh, and he's right. You want to you want the guys to be sharp uh, going into it. And, you know, thinking back on it. Yeah. Two weeks off of the starters not playing is probably not a good good idea at all. So I, I can understand him uh, trying to treat this as a dress rehearsal uh, the best that he can. But at that same token, I'm sure certain guys that's going to have, you know, um, even though they, he's saying everybody's going to go for a half, I'm sure certain guys are going to get took out a little bit earlier than, than some. But uh, your main guys are definitely going to be in there for that first half. And, and you know, it looks like he's going to treat this as the dress rehearsal. So mm-hmm. uh, I expect the Bucks probably to go through the same thing, you know, treating it like a dress rehearsal. So it should be some good, good football for that first half for sure. Uh, you talked about you would like to see um, certain wide receivers with the ones. Would you? For instance, maybe take out Michael Pittman in like the second quarter and put Strawn in just to see what he looks like with Matt Ryan or something if you were the coach? No, I see. I think they're going to be in the rotation anyway. I mean, uh, when you think about how the game goes in a game, three wide receivers are not the only ones that's getting reps. You know, they get tired too and have to have subs come in and, you know, all that type of stuff. So I think he's going to be live within this first half of getting reps. Now, no matter if he's getting – 10, 12 reps, who knows how that's going to go. But I do think he's going to get in there with the ones and he might get an opportunity or two if it's, you know, within the, um, I guess, the script of things on who gets what targets or who needs to get what type of action. So I don't think he'll just be sitting out, you know, watching the top three guys uh, just do their thing. I think everybody within, you know, those first six wide receivers are going to probably get a rep or two at minimum. Uh, with the one so I, I should see everybody just live ready to go especially when we're talking about a half of football Jonathan Taylor has yet to take a snap in a live game so far this year do you think he plays even with with the ones this this weekend he might uh I'm not gonna put it past uh coach Wright but if it's me like I said he's the most important player on your in your organization right now I don't think you 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 risk the beating, but he do need live reps though before the season starts. So I can see him maybe doing a, the first series and coming out. So uh, so yeah, he I can see him in there with the ones to start the game and all that. But I don't. He's one of the ones that's like, yeah, go get you six seven plays and let's get you back out of there, uh, just to get your feet wet so you can get hit a little bit, go to the ground, all that type of stuff. And you know, once they see that, I think they'll get him up out of there because we got to make sure that guy. We know he's gonna take a pounding this year at the end mm-hmm. of the day, so we don't we don't need any extra hits when it don't count. Yeah, I got uh, fully under. I mean, he he 
touch he had a lot of touches last year a lot of touches Mm -hmm. and he had a lot of touches out there in wisconsin and you know you talk to a running back and they're gonna be like that don't matter you know but you i mean come on i mean every every time you get hit it takes a toll on your body right um so we gotta we gotta limit that as much as possible but still keep him fresh enough to be playing at his best uh every time he 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 does touch the ball so I, i get where you're coming from on that um when it comes to the games uh whether it be lions or this upcoming game uh against the tampa bay buccaneers is there anything else you want to touch on Mm, i mean last preseason game get the guys in get them wet the the first half let them let them feel the 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 real seriousness of uh true game like situations and uh get them up out of there and get ready for for week one just hope don't nothing happen to anybody that uh you know, when it comes to getting banged up or anything like that. So that's my only thought going into this last preseason game. Even though I want the ones and everybody to, I'm ready for that type of action. At that same token, I hope week one, everybody is 100% and not 90, not 85, not 80. That week one, I want everybody 100% just ready to go. Absolutely. And so far, the only real significant, I mean, a concussion is significant in my opinion because you never know, you know, long-term wise, how, how that's going to affect the player. But uh, the only IR guy that we have wasn't even during a game. It was during a practice and it wasn't even, uh, it was a non-contact situation uh, with Drew Ogletree. But uh, hopefully found the table. We don't have anything, right, uh, that that occurs in that, in that instance uh, going into week one. No, good thing. Like you said, we got like two weeks. Uh, where you know people could sit and, and and rest up and get healthy afterwards. So that's right. that's always a, a very good thing. Um, now let's let's talk about cut blocks. Uh, it's a pretty big topic right now uh, across social media in the NFL after what happened. Uh, I might be mispronouncing. Is it Thibodeau? Thibodeau. Yep. Thibodeau. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he was he was cut blocked. Um, went down, grabbed his knee. Obviously, we all hope that you know long term he's he's going to be okay. Um, but there a lot people are split here when it comes to cut blocks. A lot of people say that that is a dirty block in the NFL, and not not only should it be banned, but it should you know you should be fined and suspended for making it. What are your thoughts on the on the on the cut block itself? Uh, on the play itself, I didn't, I mean, it looked dirty. It looks bad, but I don't think the player intention was that. I just think the situation kind of, um, uh, made it look that way. I think Thibodeau kind of lost his footing a little, not lost his footing, but when he went to thinking that the contact was going to happen, I think his pads weren't as low as it probably should be to initiate the contact that he was, you know, getting, I guess, preparing himself for. So it left his leg a little vulnerable. And then the offensive lineman at the angle he was coming at, uh, that's what I mean by they were just at two different angles to where it just looked bad. But I don't think the lineman's intention was to, you know, do anything that was dirty, even though it looked dirty. But at that same token, the cut block is dirty, um, if that makes sense. I think they got a rule in place now that, you know, for pulling linemen, corners can't come in and they can't cut linemen no more on blocks or anything like that. So they have to hit 
lobbing up high, which we're talking about 180 pound type corner going against 300 pound type lineman. And they're telling, you know, defenders that you have to hit these guys high if they're uh, coming at the same. So if there's like a, a, a crack toss type play, so let's just envision that type play, uh, running play, crack toss, wide receiver cracks down on the linebacker, blocks him. So you have a pulling guard that's coming around with a running back right behind him. You're telling a corner that he has to take on that block high and not try to chop the lineman down to kind of cause some ruckus so the, the running back kind of don't know where to go. Um, so I think in that same token, when we're talking about the cut blocks within the the box of things, uh, defense alignment and all those type things, I, th I think it's dirty just because, you know, we're talking about guys that's about the same size or if they're not the same size, they're big enough to handle each other and hit each other high. So there's really no point of trying to go low on one another. And uh, cut blocks for it's same situation when we're talking about running backs. Uh, mm -hmm. Cutting big defensive linemen, um, you know, everybody can look at that as like, yeah, that can be dirty or looked on as dirty as well. But, you know, at that same token, high also, you're going to tell a 200 pound running back to block a 330 pound uh, defensive lineman. So there has to be some type of give and take. So that because that's the same situation as we're talking corner, but they're not letting the corners do that anymore. So as a running back, you can still protect yourself and do it. But defenders you know we have to play a different way so I think you get a lot of defensive guys saying it's dirty just because there's no rules for us there's no rules to protect our guys you know we're always the one that's just got to take it for what it is so I can understand why our side the defensive players defensive minded people are upset uh, uh, just because it just always seems like we're protecting the opposite uh, the opposite side of the ball and the offense all the whole game is designed to protect them and not necessarily us so I hope to I hope Thibodeau's knee is okay I hope he's not seriously injured or anything like that but it is a legal block I mean you know within the rules you know we can't say that uh, you know anything that player did was wrong uh, but just like you know everywhere else there's certain etiquettes there's certain unwritten laws, you know, that people try to abide by within the sport. But I don't think this was a situation where the player was doing something, you know, intended to hurt the guy. You know, a lot of times you're, you're being coached to take blocks a certain way and you're being coached to block people a certain way. So I'm not going to put everything on the player. But like I said, I do understand defensive-minded defensive people, former defensive players, defensive, uh, current defensive players being upset just because we don't have any rules to protect us at the end of the day. So anytime anything bad happened in a situation like this, of course, we're going to scream and shout and do all those type things because we want to be heard uh, as well from a defensive standpoint. Well, um, I, I just want to bring up something real quick when it comes to this kind of the, the flip side, when an offensive player has the football and they're like, you know, out, out on the edge, one-on-one, -on -one, Bob Sanders was well known, like praised for the way he tackled by leading with his shoulder, driving through the legs, using his body, driving through the legs to tackle somebody. Is that a lot different than than the blocking down there low as well? I mean, because yeah, that, that, I to me, that's, that's see, I think that's two different things. Like a guy running the football and a guy being tackled like you got to tackle him by any means necessary. Yeah, there's no special way, even though they teach you how to form tackle. You know, there's no special way that you have to, 
you know, perform or do to get a guy on the ground. Your job as a defender is just make sure he gets on the ground. So I look at that like when you're talking ball carriers, I look at that as different. I mean, you got to do whatever you got to do to, you know, to tackle a guy. But when you're talking about, you know, blocking a guy, using your hands, uh, you know, and all those type things that kind of come in, uh, it can get it can get tricky. Uh, wide receivers do it to DBs. You know, they'll they'll run. You know, a DB might be playing off the ball. They'll run at a guy. A guy thinks they're about to just engage with their hands, and at the last second, they'll just dive at their ankles. Uh, mm-hmm. So the same token with a running back running the ball. You know, if a guy dives at his ankles, try to wrap, grab anything that he can grab, and uh, you know, and you fall or you get tackled from that, then yeah. But if a guy is running um, the ball and he might be in a vulnerable state to where he might not see a guy coming from another angle and he's coming from behind and the guy just dives at his knees. Yeah, I mean, it's a certain etiquette that 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 we talk about as players that you just don't do. Like you always want to protect guys. You're not intentionally trying to hurt guys. So if that was a situation, a guy might look at that as intentional. Like, you know, I can't even see you. You're, you're behind me. You're intentionally diving at my knees. Like that's intentional. But whenever it's, you know, I can look at you, you see me coming, I see you coming, like, you know, you're just taught as a player to protect yourself at all times, you know, anything mm-hmm. might happen, but uh, the etiquette kicks in where you don't see someone coming or you're in a vulnerable state and your leg is here that players know what they're doing when that type of stuff happens. So that's why I think that might be two, two just different type of situations. Okay. Okay. I'll, you know, obviously no, just no, curious that about that. That was a good, good question, but it is a certain etiquette players mm-hmm. abide by as far as when you're talking like you don't want you're not out there trying to hurt nobody but no play with Thibodeau and the offensive linemen you know they see each other you know so at that same token Tibbs been he's been coached and taught to how to defeat a cut block as well I just think his technique and pad level at that specific play put him in a vulnerable state well I kind of look at you know the injuries to Thibodeau and the injury to Paris Campbell two years ago look very uh like very similar situations right like uh his his leg got caught uh, underneath of him he was hit low hit around the knees right you know what i'm saying and they both end up going down uh due to, to it's just bad situation bad you know just bad all the way around it just did not look good and um you know you look at it and you go that looks dirty but at the same time by the rule book right now yeah, uh, that's legal. perfectly legal yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's just sometimes it, there's no rules that is going to make this game 100 percent safe you know no. uh if it does then there's no point in playing it uh because it, it ain't going to be fun to play lore watch anymore right you're going to be out there right. in, in bubble wrap uh <laughs> as people like to say uh thanks so much for your your insight uh for for that situation uh, really great uh hearing it from a, a a former player's view um guys i think this is going to be it for today uh if you are listening to this on uh audio podcast wherever you listen to them make sure you go check out my channel uh on youtube it's youtube slash c slash lawrence owen and go to this this specific video and type in go Colts along with uh, anyone watching this right now, make sure you type in go Colts. Those of you that uh, type that into the comment section will be put in for the 
uh, next giveaway for autographed shirts from training camp. And uh, is there anything else you want to want to discuss before we get out of here? Nothing yet. A couple and, of uh, weeks. A couple more weeks. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah. yeah. There's going to be a lot to talk about after the Tampa game as well because mm-hmm. you will see the starters, right? And even yeah. though it, it'll it'll even though it's going to be, you know, they're, they're obviously not going to be scheming guys, we'll still be able to get to talk about it. Um, um, they'll scheme this game. If they're going to treat this as a dress rehearsal, you'll have a little bit of scheme. Really? Yeah. Kind of scheming guys open and yeah, dress rehearsal. You you treat like a a real game. So you 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 go in there and you you try to you know you you're watching film on the opponent opponent. You're trying to prepare for what they might give you and all that. Now you might not see the entire playbook, obviously, but Mm -hmm. you'll see some you know different type football to try to set up a win rather than just going about a script. If that makes sense, they treat they treat dress rehearsals like the real thing. So. So this is not just dress rehearsal for the co- uh, players. It's dress rehearsal for the coaches as well then, basically. Yeah, everybody. Everybody. Okay. Like, we're treating this like a game, how it'll be on a dang Sunday in October type thing. Like, everything will be treated like dress rehearsal. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. That's going to be great to watch then. Um, well, I think that'll do it for us. Appreciate each and every one of you for uh, coming in and watching. And until next time, I'm Lawrence Owen. That was Gerard Powers, and this was Believe in Colts, brought to you by Bet Online. And as usual, go Colts. Do you believe? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.